Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another nightly lesson. Tonight, I'm going to be concluding our week's theme on honesty and kindness, which are two of the core values here at Newark UPC. This week, we've heard some wonderful teaching on how uh, honesty and kindness can be applied to various interpersonal relationships. And tonight's no different. We're looking at one more relationship, which is how we can respond with honesty and kindness when dealing with difficult people. I want to bring our attention to something that grabbed my attention when I was studying for this lesson tonight. And that is the scriptures that reminded me and humbled me that we have all been a difficult person to somebody at some point. We've all dealt with difficult people at some point. And the scriptures remind me that we are broken people living in a broken world. And uh, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. If we have a human heart, this is what it looks like. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Out of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3, it's a reminder that Really, it's not right for any of us as Christians to think that we are any better than anybody else. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everybody else. I wanted that to be our starting point tonight before we dive into how to apply and respond to difficult people with kindness and honesty. Not an easy thing to do, and I'm the first to admit that. But, you know, some people become difficult when they're going through difficult situations. And some people are simply difficult. But either way, um, we were all that person to somebody at some point. And difficult people are difficult to love. Amen? So it's easy to follow the mandate that Jesus gives in the second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself when we're loving people that we get along with that get along with us that are easy to love that apple pie i'll bake it for you you're easy to love but the second commandment becomes less appealing to us uh, when loving your neighbor and that definition of neighbor extends to yes the difficult people in our lives and so we come to the question, how can I practice honesty and kindness with the difficult relationships that come across uh, our lives? How is it possible to respond to a difficult person with honesty and kindness? I know that teaching a topic such as this one about dealing with difficult people could be 
taught in a hundred different ways by a hundred different people. All of our experiences and the things that we've learned along the road, um, we could teach from all the different angles. But tonight I wanted to focus on two concepts that I think, first of all, when we go to the scriptures, we see in the example of Christ, it would be easy for the answer to be, open up our Bibles and see Jesus say, avoid them. <laughs> Just wrap up this lesson right now. We can all go home and wait for the next week's theme to be announced. But that's not the example that we find in scriptures. And I want to talk about that tonight. I think the two concepts that I want to talk about tonight are also ones that not only apply to relationships and interacting with difficult people, but they apply to any relationship. I think they're integral to any relationship, healthy relationships, uh, but they also uh, do well with when we are dealing with, with difficult people. The two things I want to look at tonight are being a differentiated person and establishing personal boundaries in relationships. I want to turn to some scriptures in just a moment of where Jesus is an example of these things. Um, but first, let's define what being a differentiated person means. Differentiation. It's a counseling term coined uh, by psychiatrist Marie Bowen in uh, Family Systems Theory. And... It's defined as a person's ability to define his or her own life's goals and values apart from the pressures of those around us. Differentiated people are able to maintain their own individuality, and this is important, while being connected to, excuse me, people important to them. So when we look to the example of Christ in his ministry and his interaction with the people around him, whether it was the close relationships to him, like his family or the disciples, his inner circle people, or whether it was how he dealt with the crowds around him, many times people that have never met him and he had never met before, uh, Jesus in his uh, person was a differentiated uh, person and interacted with people in this way. So let's turn to the scripture for an example. The first one that I wanted to turn to, now tonight it's, it's too much for me to go to every scripture and chapter that I want to use as an example. So I'm going to give a summary and I'll give the book and chapter that I'm summarizing the story out of. But I would encourage you to go read the stories for yourself um, because it's just too time consuming at this point. But I'm going to draw some examples out of uh, the book of Mark, chapter 5. And this is about, I might butcher the name, Jairus, a man named Jairus. And he was in a very uh, urgent situation. His daughter was dying, his young daughter. And, and Jesus is ministering uh, with his disciples. And this Jairus 
comes and finds Jesus. He seeks him out in a hurry, says, please come. I've heard about you. Would you please come and heal my daughter? She is dying. And Jesus, sensing his urgency, they turn and they start to um, go towards Jairus's house. In the process of hurrying to his house, Jesus is going through crowds. And it says that people were kind of, it was like shoulder to shoulder, it sounded like. Very, very crowded area he was in, pushing through people in a rush. And Jesus stops in the midst of uh, going to Jairus's house. And I'm sure everyone kind of thought, what is he doing? We're in a rush here. There's an emergency. And Jesus stops and we read the story of the woman with the issue of blood, woman who was very sick for a very long time, could not get help or find relief from any doctor or person in her life up until this point. In the story, it says this woman had reached out and touched the hem of Jesus's garment and that stopped Jesus in his tracks. So to Jairus and the disciples and everyone around him who knew he was in this urgent rush to Jairus's house, I'm sure it was very, very upsetting that Jesus stopped to pay attention to this woman. So Jesus stops. He calls out the woman. She identifies herself and he identifies her. And the story goes that um, Jesus heals her of her sickness and um, then continues on to Jairus's house. However, before uh, or after Jesus heals this woman, there's people from Jairus's household that had come to find him because his little girl had died while Jesus had stopped to take care and minister to this other woman. And his, the people in his household come and say, it's a, never mind, never mind. We don't need Jesus anymore. There's no rush anymore. Um, your little girl has died. You could just imagine how anyone hearing that, Jairus, his household, the disciples, people who knew that Jesus was on his way to go heal this little girl, how that would have felt to hear that news. And Jesus says that he's, they're going to, that no, they're going to continue to his household. And he even, uh, the scriptures say he even says to the crowd and to all his other disciples, the rest of you stay here. He takes Peter and James, Jairus, they go to the house. It does appear that the uh, little girl has died, but Jesus says she's not dead. She's sleeping and he raises her. Uh, up. And so Jesus here is an example of being a differentiated person because in his rush to Jairus's house, when he stopped to minister to the woman with the issue of blood, there were a lot of opinions about what Jesus should be doing rather than ministering to this woman, that he had chosen the wrong thing, that he uh, allowed the little girl to die, that um, what could be more of an emergency than this uh, man's little girl, and here you are, and you've stopped to minister to this woman. And so you can imagine all the opinions and all of the things that were being said around Jesus as he 
remained focused on what he was set out to do. When you're differentiated, you don't allow the projections from other people. You don't allow the opinions of others to thwart what you are doing or who you are. Your identity. When we're Christians and we identify with Christ and we encounter that difficult person, we don't want that difficult person's words or actions to cause us to become unchristian, to cause us in, in, to not act in honesty, speak in honesty, to cause us to not act in kindness. If we can remain differentiated, and I'm going to use the example of honesty and kindness tonight since that's our theme, um, no matter what another person is saying or doing around us, then we can remain image bearers of Christ rather than letting our flesh take over and respond in ways that are un not Christ-like. I know that, I know I want to strive. I know you want to strive to be a reflection of Jesus in all of our relationships. And if we can be differentiated and not be thrown and not allow ourselves to be thwarted or our response to be thwarted by um, that difficult person, then we can uh, be honest and kind in our response. Um, even if it's upsetting, we can still choose to be kind and honest. Another example is with a very close relationship of Jesus's is his parents. Even as a young man, Jesus is a differentiated person. Uh, the story found in Luke chapter 2, and I believe it's verse 41 and onward, is Jesus as a young man, and he had gone missing from his parents and for three days. I mean, could you imagine? It's the scriptures say at first, you know, Mary wasn't, Mary and Joseph, they weren't, they weren't all that concerned when they first couldn't find Jesus. But after three days, they were very concerned. And when they found him, he was teaching in the synagogue, teaching the scripture to the, uh, the uh, elite there, Jewish elite. And his mom, the scriptures say, Mary walks in, sees Jesus, and Jesus kind of looks at her like, what? Nope, he didn't see anything going going on wrong. And Mary says, what are you doing, essentially? And Jesus says, I, I have to be doing this. I'm doing the business of my father. I'm doing what I was sent for. And so even with um, a very close relationship, like parents that are upset in their opinions about what, what Jesus should have been doing or what he shouldn't have been doing, Jesus remained focused on the mission at hand. And what he needed uh, to be doing was to be teaching in that moment. And so I'm not saying be, be disobedient to your parents, but I'm saying that those very close relationships, when people are difficult, are the hardest ones, I think, to remain differentiated um, and, uh, and respond in the manner that we strive to, which is with honesty and with kindness. I had a couple other examples here, but I think those are two uh, good examples of close relationships and being differentiated. And also in the story of Jairus, where Jesus was also dealing with the crowds and their opinions, and Jesus sent them away and said, 
I have to send you away so that I can move forward in the mission that I have been, that I am on, which is to still heal this girl, even though to everyone else, Jesus was too late. Um, another thing that I had brought up is establishing um, personal boundaries in relationships. And Jesus' Jesus's life and his interactions with people is just another good example of establishing boundaries. In fact, I found a proverb that I love. Let me find it. It's good and it's true and it brought a smile to my face. But it says Proverbs 22 and 24 through 25 says this about difficult people. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Without being a differentiated person, without establishing personal boundaries in your life, those things that, um, lines that you will not cross, uh, places that you will not go, these are boundaries and holding firm to them, things that you will not say. Without establishing these things, um, we do learn to take on the customs of the world, the thoughts and reactions and responses that are okay to our society um, or our cultures. Um, we conform to the wrong thing without boundaries and without differentiation. Um, and that proverb just warns us of that. But when we do have good boundaries, we can still form relationship with difficult people, but we don't have to be best buddies with everybody, but we do have to exercise honesty and kindness with everybody. And that is, uh, that should be the goal in when dealing with difficult people. They don't have to become your best friend and you don't have to be theirs, but we do want to respond in our interactions with honesty and kindness, among other things. We've done lessons of the fruit of the spirit, how those things come out of the fruit of love. Um, and in Jesus's example, we might be saying in our minds, well, that was Jesus. He was perfect. He did everything perfectly. So how, how can I do these things? Uh, but the fact of the matter is that Jesus's example is for us. And it's possible because as spirit-filled people, the Holy Spirit within us helps us um, have the ability, the capability to choose to respond like Christ did, interacting with people, especially the difficult ones. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Do I get it right every time? No. Um, I desire to be better. And I think living uh, and trying to be a differentiated person and trying to live and establish boundaries in my life, um, emotional boundaries and things like that, uh, the boundaries that keep us safe, the boundaries that keep then other people safe so that our responses are not out of um, anger and frustration or even hate, but that our responses can be a reflection of Christ. The scriptures also tell us to speak the truth in love. This is great. This is a good thing to 
remember when dealing with difficult people because is it hard to speak truth and love to people that are easy to love? You know, someone who's difficult for you might not be difficult for me. Someone who's difficult for me might be uh, not be difficult for you. You know, the body of Christ can really minister to all kinds of people. But we all need to try and speak the truth in love to all people. And that it, it, of course, captures Christ's example of how he spoke and, and ministered to people, um, to sinners, to the worst of the worst in society's eyes. Jesus spoke the truth in love. And speaking the truth in love requires honesty. Because it, it says to speak the truth. Truth is, you have to be honest to speak the truth. Now, I think for some of us, being honest is not difficult. We, when speaking with difficult people, you're going to let them know how, what you think and how you feel. But it's it has to be balanced with kindness. Um, because the scripture says, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth with kindness. Be honest and be kind when we speak the truth. And that's out of Ephesians chapter 4 and 15. It's a way that we can grow to be more like Christ. These scriptures that talk about how we can be Christ-like in our interactions with people. How we can be Christ-like in any relationship from the easy to the difficult. Um, and as it's already been stated this week, honesty and kindness has to start with the self. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to treat ourselves with kindness and able to, in order for us to be able to extend that to others in a healthy way, not lying so that it looks like kindness, like Sister Rachel brought up earlier this week, not being kind, but with strings attached. Um, our motives need to be for the right reasons. Uh, we are, because we're the image of God. And for that reason, we must be honest and kind because when we do, it brings glory to God. Because being honest and kind is not to bring glory to ourselves. It is to bring glory to God and point others to him. When I think about some of the most difficult people that I've encountered, I thought, I could come up with a lot of examples of failures in my response to them and with more successful responses. But I felt like what's most important tonight is that I have found that when I can act as a differentiated person, if I can establish and keep uh, and act and speak within the boundaries that I have set in my relationships, that we are all better for it. I'm better for it, and the other individual is better for it. You know, we can't control a difficult person's reactions or their words, but we do have control over our own. We can make a choice that no matter, and this is being differentiated, no matter how that difficult person responds or doesn't respond or how that difficult person interacts with you, no matter 
uh, how well or horrible they do at that, we have control over and we have a choice to make in how we respond. And we can rely on the Holy Spirit to help us make that Christ-like choice of honesty and kindness because they're being difficult. That difficult person being difficult does not have to negatively influence our response as Christians in a manner that would thwart our efforts to show and always be kind and, and kind and honest to that difficult neighbor. To echo uh, something that Vincent had stated in, in Sister Leela's um, broadcast this week, her lesson this week, I'm kind of echoing what he said about the love of God, but I switched it to be about honesty and kindness. That honesty and kindness, it sets us free. I believe this is part of being liberated in Christ. Honesty and kindness sets us free. It sets us free from being fake. It sets us free from wearing the facade of a Christian. It sets us free from doing what we think are the right things, but for the wrong reasons. And so as we close out this week, I know that um, our call to action or our engagement has been to do a random act of kindness. And I just want to take that one step further for this lesson specifically, that we find uh, a difficult person in our lives to do a random act of kindness for stretch ourselves a little bit and just watch the Lord and his spirit if we desire it to help us be honest and kind to someone that we find it most difficult to exercise that. Would you just pray with me as we close? Heavenly Father, we feel challenged this week. Honesty and kindness is something that we experience so easily and readily in our relationship with you, but it's something that is often a deficit in our relationship with others, with our neighbor. God, would you help us? Would you stretch us? Would you grow us to be able to respond and interact with honesty and kindness, no matter what is going on with the other person or who it is, that you can help us to not respond to them, but to respond to your spirit and what you're calling us to be, who you're calling us to be and what you're calling us to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name tonight, and we're so thankful for the spirit that helps us be better people, have better relationships, and connect people to you. We love that name tonight, the wonderful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.